We are back for another episode of SJHL Weekly. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Jeremy Corrigan. We have a great episode lined up, another jam-packed episode of SJHL Weekly, but we wouldn't be able to make this show possible without our great sponsors here at SJHL Weekly. Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. Thank you so much for your support, because without your support, we wouldn't be able to put on this show each and every week. Like I mentioned, we have a jam-packed show. We will be joined by the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition, Sean Kindop, to talk about Agribition coming up next week here in the city of Regina. We'll also be joined by the head coach and general manager of the Melville Millionaires, Mike Rooney, to get his thoughts on the start of the season for the Millionaires and a very busy week ahead for the money men. But it's time now to bring in my great co-host, that being Rory McGoran and Jamie Nugabauer. Boys, how are we doing today? How was the weekend? Uh, very good. Shout out to Wilkie, Saskatchewan Big as well sh- for we hosting the Battleford North Stars and coming out in droves. <laughs> yeah. There was a packed house yeah. there, uh, Battleford staying undefeated in regulation. But mm-hmm. you love seeing neutral site games where, where the town and everyone supports the SJHL. So shout out, first of all, to Wilkie. And on short notice, too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Big credit to them. Yeah, again, the short notice element of it. Again, great, uh, great weekend. Really excited that the World Cup is coming <laughs> up. As you can see, Canada plays on Wednesday and supposedly Alfonso. So Davies will be in the lineup uh, for Canada, we hear, on Wednesday, is what he said. Uh, but anyways, very excited. And uh, again, I have to say sorry to Rory here and all the mm. Winnipeg ah, Blue yeah, Bombers fans there for a tough way to end the yeah. Grey Cup. But this is a hockey show, sure well, is. supposedly. I mean, you are so-called <laughs> by our great commissioner, Kyle McIntyre, mm. the Elliot Friedman of the SJHL. But for the next, what, two, three weeks, you'll be our correspondent for the uh, FIFA World Cup. Perfect. Our, our Canada Get reporter Get the update there. ready so, for next so week. So Nugsy will be there, and he'll have updates <laughs> weekly. <Yeah. laughs> We're I'm ready at any time. <laughs> Hit me go. up on Twitter. <laughs> I will respond with my thoughts on the World Cup at any Perfect. time. Perfect. We've got the budget for you to cover the World Do Cup we? this year. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> I'm off okay. to Qatar. Right. Let's we'll go. T- we'll talk to Jacob about it. All right, but there was lots of hockey games to get to <laughs> over the weekend in the SJHL. So let's pull them up Friday. Five games on the schedule. The Estevan Bruins uh, knocked off the Melville Millionaires 3-2. Notre Dame got by Yorkton 5-1. Battlefords with a big 5-2 win over Flin Flon. Nipawin winning 7-4 over Kindersley. And LaRange with a 6-1 win over Weyburn. Then on Saturday, Battleford with a 4-3 overtime win over the Flin Flon Bombers. Ooh, there's two Estevan logos up there. Uh, Estevan knocked off Yorkton 3-2. Melfort uh, with a 3-2 overtime win over the Humble Broncos. Kindersley doubled up Nipawin 6-3 and LaRange 1-7-1 over Weyburn. Then on Sunday, a rare afternoon game. Flin Flon knocking off uh, Humboldt to wrap up 3-3 over the Broncos winning 4-1. And of course, all of our recaps are presented by Sask Lotteries. We'll start with the games that you guys were both at. Rory, we'll start with uh, the Humboldt Broncos. Tough weekend at home, uh, picking up one out of a possible four points. But what did you make of their weekend and I guess the matchups that you saw? You know, both were... um they were close games. Yeah. Um, they're, they're sliding a bit, though. When you look at the last nine games, they've lost six times, right? Going back to that home-and-home home with the Battleford's North Stars, split that series, and then went down south, three losses down south, picked up two wins against the Notre Dame Hounds, but then losses against Melford and losses against Flin Flon. So they're kind of coming up short when it comes to facing the top competition in the league, which is maybe a wake-up call for the players. It's a wake-up call for the Broncos, who started off the season 8-0. Uh, in the Melford game, typical 
rivalry Bronco Melford right. game really tight not a lot of secondary opportunities both James Van and Ben Motu played uh, exceptionally in net though uh, stopping whatever A grade chances came their way and uh, David Ryu who only has two goals on the season but a really impactful game a 2004 birth year for Melford who sh showcased that he can be a, a guy to kind of watch out for if he finds his groove coming up then in the Flin Flon game a 3pm start uh, no excuses for either side as the Bombers were on three games in three days. Shout out to Harmon Laser-Hume, who played every game mm -hmm. for the Flin Flon Bombers. Uh, they picked up three out of six points, which is pretty good when you're placing Battleford twice and Humboldt once. Right. Uh, Humboldt was asleep for the first 12 minutes, and after the first 12 minutes, it was 2 nothing for the Flin Flon Bombers, and they just had troubles trying to get back because I don't know if there's a team in the league that plays better with a lead than the Flin Flon Bombers, and they just shut it down. Going back to the Melfort game, we've talked about I think since the first episode of the show this year, the Melfort Mustangs, we, I think the three of us all projected them to be one of the top teams in the league. Mm. They've had an up and down start to the year, but now they've won four in a row. Is this the team that we've kind of now expected? The way that they're playing now is what yeah. we kind of expected. Well, re really impressive character by the by Melfort Mustangs. You talk about uh, hard times. I think a lot of the teams in this league are dealing with illness, first of all. Yeah, but I think going was, it. I think they're, you know, they're having issues. There was no Leighton Holine in this game. There was no Ben Tkachuk in this game. No Zach Summers, no Clark Huxley, no, no Cam Emai, et cetera, et cetera. So they still found a way. You know, Ryan Duguay has been huge, and you mentioned it there, Ryu, with the beautiful dangle. And, Goal, but man. the fact nice that the fact and no disrespect to David Ryu, but in terms of the pecking order of Melfort forwards for him to be on the ice in mm -hmm. overtime mm -hmm. means that there was a lot of guys that weren't in the lineup for Melfort with no disrespect, as I said, to David Ryu. Mm -hmm. So he was on the ice and took advantage of his opportunity and, and good for him. But, you know, just for Melfort to to find it that way to do so, it shows a lot of character when maybe earlier in the year we were wondering if the Melfort Mustangs had bought in to what uh, Trevor Blevins was preaching, even though they did have a lot of talent that we all agreed that they had. It was just some inconsistency yeah. throughout the first going of the, of the exactly. early season, right? Yep. So, I mean, they rattle off two big wins against Estevan down south. Mm -hmm. What do they want? Four games in a row now, yep. beating Humboldt, a rival. I know out of division, but mm -hmm. those games are rivalries, 100%. you're asking me, right? Only an Huge. hour apart. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think it's kind of finding their groove, and it's huge for the culture of a team to battle through adversity. And like Nugsy said, mm -hmm. they had a lot of key players out of the lineup and still beat a really competitive Humble team. And you guys teased it, but let's have a look at it. The overtime winner from the Melfort Humble game is our Tourism, Tourism Saskatchewan highlights of the week. Skater right on him, trying to skate free as Tuba. Up top, Ty Evans. Mustangs now with some pressure. Here comes Ryan Dugay. In down the right wing. Dugay, top of the zone, off the bench. It's David Ryu. He gets around. Ryu in, shoots, scores! It's an overtime winner for David Ryu. And the Melford Mustangs will pick up a 3-2 victory here in Humboldt. And the other thing I think with the Melford Mustangs that we should probably talk about when it comes to this four game winning streak you know at the beginning of the year they were really struggling to mm -hmm. find the back of the net and now obviously the last four games they've gotten contributions from a number of different players that aren't those big names how about the call on that one that was, that pretty, was pretty good pretty decent, that right? was pretty, pretty good de pretty de pretty de <laughs> newsy what you think of it yeah especially for uh, like the humble broadcaster uh, scores in overtime hey I, big time kudos to not be uh, not be too big of a homer let, let her rip on her hey you know what we, we the overtime goals we They're gotta exciting. let her, we gotta let her yeah. rip we gotta 
let her rip. So good yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I let it ride, man. Yeah. 60 40. Right? Good for you. Gotta, you. <laughs> yeah, that's 60 40. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, no, it was a great play by Ryu, and the Broncos clearly couldn't get the puck out of the zone, and Ryu was the one who changed off the bench, right? So he was already coming in with a full head of steam, and uh, Broncos flat footed. No chance for Jacob Boucher, who Ryu walked around and then went 5 4 3 Mo 2. Great goal. For sure. Uh, Nugsy, let's talk about the game you were at Friday. A 5-1 win for the Notre Dame Hounds over the Yorkton Terriers. Uh, what do you think of the performance for the Hounds and uh, yeah. what led them to the success? Yeah, you know, usually uh, a team... If they're, if they're starting slowly, like, they, they get momentum from them scoring a goal. Like, a goal changes games. But it was Yorkton who scored 10 minutes in that turned the Hounds on. The Hounds were asleep for about the first 10 minutes of the game. And then Connor Seleski scored a nice goal for Yorkton. And then it was all Notre Dame, really, for, I, I think, for the next 50 minutes, you know, in that game. A really impressive effort, uh, you know, from a lot of Hounds players could go down the list. But, you know, I'm really happy to see uh, Jacob Legey, you know, really starting to figure it out in terms of, you know, he had always had the speed, but I think the game was a little bit too fast for him even, even still. He, he's a great player, lots of speed, really good in training camp. But he's starting to learn and he's starting to separate guys from the puck on the forecheck and, and generate offense that way. And that's what he saw from those, basically those three assists he got in that game against Yorkton uh, were, you know, hard on the forecheck, separate, you know, find a guy and, and make something happen that way. Use your speed in a gritty way. Uh, and, and Jacob Ligi was able to get rewarded from that. And then Cypress Smith-Davis, who, again, people maybe don't know the name yet, but the Hounds, you know, really brought him in because he had a great year in uh, AAA last year and a guy that was definitely on the BCHL's radar and, and uh, had a great training camp. And, uh, you know, he's finally starting to figure it out. He had two goals and was really impressive. So, yeah, it was, it was an impressive 50 minutes from the Hounds. And I think from, again, the Yorkton perspective, they got to be happy with what they got from uh, Connor Seleski. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, other than Caleb Allen uh, in the net, I think they're, they're needing some guys to step up there or right now. What can Yorkton do, just from your perspective of watching mm -hmm. the game? Because now it's two straight times that mm -hmm. Notre Dame's defeated Yorkton. Uh, they're a team that's struggling, right? There's no way to kind of put it nicely. They're just in a lump right now. Mm -hmm. And what do you think that they need to do yeah. a little bit better to kind of correct that? Because they are trying to bring in players. They're they trying are. to address 100%. it. We know that the playoff race is nowhere near out of no. grasp. Right. Especially in the bottom six. Oh, yeah. right? 100%. Team. But you got to address it quick because we're about to hit the Christmas break and we know that the intensity and the ability to find points after the break becomes exponentially harder. Yeah. So... How do well, they correct it soon? Well, one, one issue, and it will be interesting to talk about it later, maybe we'll see the reverse for LaRange, but the Arctic Terriers have not played home, at home in a long time okay. because mm -hmm. they were out of their rink at Westland Arena. That's I asked right. Matt Hare about it. And he said, you know, they just they just had the ice back in the rink. They couldn't even practice in their rink. Oh, okay, so, so that that's was a big that deal. was tricky. That game against deal. the Notre Dame Hounds was their first game, I think, in about two or three weeks there in Yorkton. That's tough for a young team, especially like the Yorkton Terriers that don't score super fluently. They rely on you know a Dylan Ruptash, a Brett Butts, a Greg Nelson, a lot to score goals. And bringing Connor Seleski is is a big addition. But um, yeah, I don't really know. I'm guessing Matt Hare and his staff. Or thinking about that, there are a few guys in this league that uh, that can rally a team from adverse situations, from 
from you know from thinking you know this is a tough stretch we're gonna write out the Arctic Terriers and Matt Harris you know grasps that type of a scenario as well as any coach has in the league the last four or five years since he's been in the league and the Terriers have risen and people all of a sudden at the end of the year like oh where did the Arctic Terriers come from so again do not write off the Arctic Terriers sure. do not panic if you're a Arctic Terriers fan. Um, but yeah, it's been a tough stretch. Well, two wins in the last no ten doubt. games is, yeah. is, is it's, it's tough, right? You gotta yep. you gotta yep. address something because yep. yeah, it's not well they going beat right. they beat Flynn Flon in Flynn Flon. That's right. And they beat you know Notre Dame in Wilcox, which is again not an easy place to go for a lot of teams that aren't named the humble Broncos. But um, <laughs> you know it, it's uh, you know so they did get some some hard fought wins, and they do have an incredible number one goaltender in Caleb Allen. He's been outstanding. Um, but yeah, like I'm sure Matt Harris thinking about that same yeah. question, Rory. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the number one team in the CJHL, the Balfour North Stars. Uh, despite not being able to play their home games in their home rink, they found a way to win in both Wilkie and Battleford, not North Battleford. Mm -hmm. Have to clarify that. People were getting confused online about that. But a 5-2 win on Friday against the Flint Flon Bombers, an overtime win over the Bombers then on Saturday in a completely different rink. And even though they had to fight a little bit of adversity, not playing in their home rink, the beat goes on for those battle for North Stars, and they find different ways to win. Yeah, I mean, uh, like... Okay, were they all played in both the, games? Well, they were definitely like, that show. They Josh, played in, like, that's what I'm asking. Like, Josh was there, man. They were out shot. Josh Cote, yeah, uh, <laughs> officially, anyways, faced 114 shots. In two games. In, in two, games. two games. In two games. And, uh, and uh, he allowed five, you know... Or they, the, the battle for North Stars scored five of their nine goals in the second period. But uh, Josh Cote... You know whether or not those stat, those shot totals are accurate. Like it, it does <laughs> demonstrate that the Flin Flon Bombers played pretty well. Yeah, sixty and, and, shots in game and, one. And last week, that's last week I joked when we were looking forward. Right, I said, Mike Reagan, are you trying to kill your guys? And and he was nice enough to text me back, and he said, "Ha you know, like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's great. Like I really appreciate his uh, his interaction with the show. And so he's like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But uh, his guys played super well, I thought, uh, over the three games. And again, tough situation going into Battleford's is, you know, those rinks are even though obviously they're they're not Battleford's rinks, they right. were really close to Battleford's, relatively speaking. <laughs> so it was still probably a pretty pro Battleford's crowd. And again, smaller rink, tight confines. I love those neutral site games working for Notre Dame I've called all sorts of neutral site games uh, since I've moved to Saskatchewan and just just awesome in the Wilkie communities we've talked yeah, about they, they come, come out together, right? mm -hmm. um, super cool as we talked about for them but then Josh Cote like whether and again whether or not those shot totals are accurate amazing amazing performances he's now 15 02 and one on the year with a 194 and a 945 save percentage and he's just being pelted with some shots lately i mean Braden clamosco has not been like through the roof through the up you know to the moon with the way that his team has played lately mm -hmm. he's just they find a way to win they do and that's the only 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 thing that matters at the end of the day yeah the beat goes on for the battle yeah. for stars that's all that's all it is and kian bell that top line 19th oh. league leading goal yep. in the overtime mm -hmm. victory uh it's it's crazy how long this unbeaten and regulation streak is going for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they got through. I know last week we talked about it. How long will it last? Right. I'm like, well, they got the Flint Flon Bombers twice, yep. and the next two games against the Orange Ice Wolves. So I was yep. like, if it doesn't mm -hmm. happen in that four game set, I don't think it happens before Christmas. Yeah. I said it would happen in that four game <laughs> set. Well, they got through the first half of it, and it's just it's yeah. it's it's becoming remarkable to keep it is. talking about is. this streak for the Battle for North Stars because Nugsy mentioned it. They just find a way to win. Yep. They were outplayed in both games by talking to the, you know, a lot of people who mm -hmm. uh, were around closer to the game than I was, and and still they they just find a way to win, which is yeah. crazy. 
Good teams find a way to win. I also want to just give a but shout out. This isn't out even to- a good team. Like, oh this is, yes, this is a re- like this is something that's never been even approached with the longevity that we're getting to how far they've gone without being beaten in regulation. It's crazy. It's very yeah. impressive what Braden Clamosco and yeah. his coaching staff and their organization have done so far mm-hmm. this season. I also want to give a big shout out to the North Stars just for the fact that they were able to get, a, uh, even though it was last minute going to both Wilkie and Battleford, yeah. they had mm-hmm. hockey TV streams for I both guess. games so fans yeah. could still watch the games online awesome. um, to Get that up and running in the span mm-hmm. of a couple of days. Uh, very difficult. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to the North Stars organization for able to, for being able to do that. Before before we move on, I, and before we move on from maybe the Flin Flon Bombers, even I also mm-hmm. want to shout them out for three and three going to the Elgar Peterson Arena. You know, a tough place to go and, and winning a game as you talked about playing pretty well over the course of that game. And specifically, I want to shout out Cole Dupero. And, and you think about the human element of this game, right? Mm-hmm. His his buddies there, you know, Vockler, Jacob Vockler, and Jaden Mercier have their commitments. D1, uh, you know, up there, Vockler and, and Mercy getting it pretty recently. And Dupero, it's, he's like, maybe it's my turn now. And some guy might put their head down and might be like, that's a tough situation for me, you know, adversity-wise. You know, where's mine? Why aren't I getting any attention? Well, he's actually responded extremely well. We're going to talk about him, you know, I think with the players of the week. But, uh, you know, very impressive uh, last, you know, four or five games from Cole Dupero. You know, a hat-trick there against Humble to Shorty, a power play goal and an empty net goal. Ways, Three yeah. different, yeah. Ways, different ways. So, and, and, boy, can he shoot the puck. We talk about guys in this league that can shoot the puck. There's like Keaton Klein, there's like Zach Kane, like Dupro's right up there. And you mentioned three and three. Well, they also played that game midweek against Snipwin too. So they had a, yeah, they right. had a very busy yeah. week, four games on yeah. the road uh, for sure. Moving on, uh, a dominant weekend for the Lorange Ice Wolves at home. We talked about their six game homestand. Well, they swept the six games. They're on a six game winning streak and uh, they look very impressive right now. 13 to two. They yeah. outscored the, uh, the Weyburn Red Wings. It's tough. It's, it's tough trekking up there in the Mel Hagelin Arena, especially with the, how good the LaRange Icewolves are playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know your power rankings are coming out this week, and if it wasn't for how we just talked about the remarkable Battleford's <laughs> North Stars, LaRange is the best team in the league right now. Yeah. And I don't think there's any debate in it. They're playing very well. They're playing well. I mean, you take, take the, the scores against Weyburn, this, like, and, uh, like their, their scores recently to, 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 to heart there. They've outscored their opponents over the six-game win streak at home 33-8. to eight. 33 days. That's insane. That's, That's insane. insane. It yeah. is insane. And, and you know, they, it hasn't been uh, hasn't been smooth sailing in terms of injuries and health up there either. And you know, they've made some moves. You know, Dallin Pikachu came in. He wasn't, but he was not in the lineup. You know, again, you know, Riley Morgan. He's not in the lineup. Where is he? You know, uh, Walker Jerome missed a game. Still, the beat goes on. The captain. You know, they brought in a really, really good young kid. I really like in uh, Blake Eckerin Bratton, who I'm sure the Medicine Hat Tigers. Mm-hmm. The Western Hockey League have their eyes pretty close on, but he's a good big guy. And they got a sneaky good blue line, you're right, with Parker oh, yeah. Layton and Connor Abrick and, and Miles Gust and et cetera. The, those guys do a lot of little things well. They're hard to play against first and foremost, and that's what you need in that little rink up there. I want to shout out uh, Megan Hayhurst, too, for all the work mm-hmm. that she's done with mm-hmm. LaRange. I know yep. uh, uh, she parted away, so no longer there. And then welcome back Braden Mulsbury as well, mm-hmm. up, yeah. to, up to LaRange. So and welcome she back will, to the SJ family. Uh, yeah, and Megan's uh, feature with women in the SJHL is going to continue, uh, which is great. Uh, we We've gotten some great feedback on her features, and those will continue for the next 
two and a half, three months. Awesome. So uh, she's still going to be around the SJHL mm -hmm. family for sure. Uh, moving on, the Estevan Bruins, two big wins on the road against two divisional matchups, uh, three, two winners over Melville and Yorkton. And uh, right now they have a, a pretty substantial lead in that Viterra division. Pretty substantial. Um, didn't start out that way. No, we, it didn't. We, we were no, wondering sure what didn't. the heck was happening <laughs> in the Viterra division. Yeah. Uh, close games, though, Very for, close. for the Estevan Bruins. And Trailing 2 nothing to Melville. It's, it's division rivals, though, right? Like, mm -hmm. although Melville and Yorkton are in a, a nice chunk below the Estevan Bruins right mm -hmm. now, um, they, they stuck in it. So I think that's got to be motivating towards those two teams who are fighting to get back into sort of the playoff picture. But sure. again, every time we talk about Estevan, we talk about Cam Herdlicka because every single win that Estevan has has come from Cam Herdlicka Big being time. in net. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just thought, I thought the games were really close. I thought they were division rival games. And uh, mm -hmm. I didn't really take too much away from the losses for Melville and Yorkton because mm -hmm. you got to be able to keep up with Estevan and I think they did that. Well you, you asked me like what Yorkton could do right and one of the things that, that you know we saw Melville do when they really were turning things around last year was play a much more simple much more basic much more defensive style of hockey take low risk keep the puck to the outside block a lot of shots etc etc be, be solid and both of these games uh, you know, both for Melville and for Yorkton were very low shot, yeah. low scoring chance games. In the game between Estevan and Yorkton, there was a combined 46 shots mm -hmm. for both teams. Like, that is a very small number. Sure. Uh, right? Like, we see teams put up 40 shots well, by themselves. Averaging 40. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 games. That, yeah. so there you go, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the beat, again, you talk about the beat going on for Battleford's finding ways to win games. And yes, Cameron Licka, he's played 200 plus minutes more than mm -hmm. yeah. any other goalie in this league. And kudos to him for the fitness that he's able to do that and you know Estevan needed to score you know I think three goals in about five minutes there uh, you know against Melville mm -hmm. and and to win that game after being down two nothing early and Alex Blanchard the beat goes on for him we played by it or sell it right there you go and uh, we were talking about whether there would be a 10 goal uh, a 10 goal defenseman before Christmas well Blanchard is nine so there anyways, you go How there you go left? we said that last week yeah. they had about but 12? No, 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 no. Yeah. can't be 12. They've already played 20 They're pretty close. They're, <laughs> they're close. There, yeah. We'll have to but, look it up. But my point is that it's probably going to happen. But, yeah, yeah, they just find a greasy way. Like, they're not scoring pretty goals. Sal Calor, a greasy goal right in front to win it. You know, Sam McPeak, a greasy goal to win it in Melville. It's just, it's just by committee for Estevan right now. And I guess finally, quickly, uh, Nipwin and Kindersley split a weekend series in Kindersley. We talked about the importance of this series between the two teams. And both end up getting one win and one loss. Yeah, uh, kind of exactly how it was last week with a 5-4 back and forth yeah, shootout oh, win, right? Uh, very we we, we talked about the games. defensive struggles for Nipwin. Yeah. We've done that a couple of times. Well, they started out the first game down 4 down nothing. Four nothing yeah. And score seven straight goals <laughs> Unbelievable. to come back in that one and mm -hmm. win it. So the offense yeah. is there, yeah. right? And whatever happened after going down 4 nothing, they closed up those gaps. And then a big win for Kindersley at home, which I think was also imperative. Those are the games where you're measuring up against the teams fighting for the playoffs, right? And mm -hmm. you lose both at home in a home and home mm -hmm. weekend uh, or home homestand weekend, not home and home, but right. yeah. you know what I mean? And so a big win, the, the follow-up mm -hmm. to double up the, the Nipwin Hawks 6-3. Yeah, and sh and shout-out uh, also to Kindersley for, for calling up uh, Casey Brown from mm -hmm. the Pat Seas. Yeah. We've seen Brock Evans, another uh, another guy who is, again, Warman Wildcats, and we, we're going to see Mason Buecher maybe for LaRange. He just got acquired, I think, earlier this morning by LaRange from Canmore in the AJ. But Casey Brown, 06 from the Pat Seas, he was the fourth pick. 
in the last draft, playing with Brock Evans, who's the third pick in the last draft, together on Kindersley getting called up and, and making an instant impact. Um, yeah, you know, it was good to see for uh, Kindersley to get a win there in front of a big crowd as well. Like, I think about 1,200 mm -hmm. fans or something like that came out in Kindersley. Great to see. And to see the Poplowski twins, you know, healthy, contributing. We all saw the skill there with the Poplowski twins earlier this year. Uh, you know, they're a talented uh, twin uh, pairing. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll mention from the Nipawin side of things, it's good to see Alejandro de Leon produce mm -hmm. again. You see, you watch the Nipawin Hawks play. This kid is like a, a minute, mm -hmm. a second yeah. from breaking out. He's talented. He had a huge year in BC uh, AAA last year, 28 goals in 36 games in AAA last year. And he's a, a dangerous kid they got from Portage. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good young players to like as we go down. They're going to be continue to contribute mm -hmm. and get better as this playoff race is going to be crazy. Every every week we're going to talk about this crazy playoff race. Near the bottom, the last two two spots are going to be just a battle all year. So. Hunter Bergerson and a PDF going the other right. way for Mason Buecher. Yeah. So, yeah. And a very big win for Kindersley, especially ahead huge. of a huge week this week, yeah. which we'll get into. They still got game in hands as well. Like yeah. that, well that, that's why it's big. That's why it's big. They're going to make up a lot of those yeah. games in hand this oh, week, yeah. for sure, <laughs> when, which we'll get to uh, later on in the show. Well, coming up after the break, we will be joined by the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition, Sean Kindop, ahead of Agribition, which kicks off in Regina next week. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. My name is Jeremy Corrigan, and we are pleased to be joined now by the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition, Sean Kindop. Sean, how's it going today? Good, man. Appreciate you guys having us in. And, uh... and it's obviously a really exciting time right now, getting ready for uh, Agribition coming up next week. I guess overall, first and foremost, how has everything been going when it comes to preparations for it? It's been going great. Like We were lucky enough, uh, you know, We've, we follow the Great Cup, which again, it, it provides a little bit of challenges, but again, all of us have been waiting for so long to be able to uh, to have some events or to be able to have the Great Cup warm the province up for us. So <laughs> us kind of come in and finish it off is very exciting. It's nice to have a little warm-up event like that. Yeah, 100%. So like Ryderville is fully consumed almost uh, with barns and bleachers, so it's, uh, they move quick. For sure. Now, it's my understanding this is your first year on the job as part of being the CEO for Canadian Western Agribition. How has, I guess, the transition been into this new role for you? It's been awesome. I've done events for a long time, which is good. Uh, spent a lot of time in hockey and working with the uh, with Real. So the, the event side of it's been really good. Uh, learning a little bit more of the livestock and uh, the massive event production has been it's been a bit of a challenge, but it's been awesome. It's good to step out of your comfort zone uh, a little bit. So For sure. For those who might not be familiar with Agribition, maybe just explain exactly what Agribition is as a week-long event. Yeah, it's phenomenal. We, uh, so if, if you don't know, Agribition is the largest livestock event in Canada. Um, so, and we're not just a livestock event. We've got everything from trade shows uh, with, and I mean, hundreds of booths. So it's, uh, we've got the trade shows. We've got... Uh, a lot of entertainment. We've we've got a world class rodeo. We've got uh, um, a beef supreme, which is again so all of the breed champions from across Canada get to come in and compete uh, at our event to be the the champion of champions, which is awesome. So there's so much to come in and take in. So I would uh, I would definitely recommend if you haven't been, um, we've got a free night on Monday, courtesy of CN, that you can come. Uh, Come and take those in for no charge. We've got a free event for the rodeo on the Wednesday, courtesy of Mosaic. So there is opportunities for you to come by if you haven't taken it in before. So, 
Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things that happen at Agribition that, you know, if you haven't been, you can experience so many different things. Maybe just speak to how important Agribition is for the province of Saskatchewan. It's huge. Like, it's like, it's generating tens of millions of dollars. I believe that the number was uh, 73.6 million um, previous years. Like it's, and, and even throughout the pandemic, there was, the support is there as they've had uh, almost 85,000 people came through the gates in the middle of a pandemic and wow. got to, they even sold out the brand center on Saturday evening in a time when we needed to be social distancing, which is uh, definitely a tip of the cap to, to all those people. Yeah, that's very impressive. Obviously you touched on, uh, there's going to be lots going on, but when it comes to livestock numbers, what do the numbers kind of look like this year, I guess, for Agribition? Yeah, it's phenomenal. We, uh, so, so we're trending pre-pandemic levels and everything oh, wow. whether that be depend uh whether that be in um our trade show numbers um or whatever that may be but our livestock numbers are up in that 1500 range which is absolutely fantastic as uh, you never know coming out of a pandemic the true support or what people are doing but uh, yeah the support has definitely been there and it's we're very proud of that yeah maybe just actually to add to that coming out of the pandemic and to get the support that you guys have been getting what does that mean for you guys as an organization yeah, it's it's good. Like it's you can you you never know after people are forced to watch their funding or with with staff mm-hmm. or uh, supply chains and whatnot. But uh, it's been great. Just we're we're on to something. We're, obviously, we're on to something. We've been doing it for fifty one years, but just that it's you're still training the right way. As it's the livestock numbers are there. Um, again, the rodeo numbers like. Even our, uh, we do have a, like our rodeo is unbelievable. It's professional. Over 50% of our contestants were competed at the CFR. Like everything around what we're doing, that momentum is still there and still, still trend, trajecting uh, at a high level, which is. And how are trade show numbers this year? Awesome. Yeah. Everything is, even whether that be international, everything is trending pre-pandemic, which is, again, even with the supply chain is, we're definitely very proud. And I also hear you have some special guests coming to Agribition this year from a popular TV show. Yeah, we uh, we did a good partnership with Sask Milk, who allowed us to help bring them in. But we got uh, two of the gentlemen from the bunkhouse. We've got uh, Denim Richards and Ian Bowen, who play Colby and Ryan on the show uh, Yellowstone. So they'll be at the... Uh at the rodeo on Thursday, and we do uh, we got some meet and greets available for, for folks that do want to have a bit more of uh, an intimate meeting with those guys, going for a hundred bucks just on our uh, on our website. So it's super exciting to be able to uh, give back to you know our fans who have been kind of supporting us as well throughout the pandemic to be able to bring something exciting in. Yeah, there's a little bit of everything for everyone at uh, Agribition. I guess for anybody that's interested in going, where can people get their tickets? Yeah, just even on Ticketmaster uh, or even at the gate if you're coming up. Um, so. We, we, we're looking forward to seeing everybody there. As a, we're excited. As, even for the families, our family egg pavilion is back. So we're, we're welcoming over 10,000 school-age wow. students back to the grounds as well. So, yeah, everything, we, we can't wait to kick off next week. I guess finally, before I let you go, I have to ask you, I hear you have a special connection with SJHL Commissioner Kyle McIntyre. Could you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, he was uh, our middle school teacher. So I was definitely responsible <laughs> for uh, more than one of the, of the many gray hairs that he has. <laughs> well, Sean, we really appreciate you coming in today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and thank best you guys lu- very much. And best of luck with everything Agribition uh, this year. It's going to be great. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That is the CEO of the Canadian Western Agribition, Sean Kindop. After the break, we will be joined by the head coach and general manager of the Melville Millionaires, Mike Rooney. This is SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms.
Welcome back to SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms. It's Roy McGoran, Jamie Nugenbauer, Jeremy Corrigan. Thanks so much for joining us today. And we are now going to head to the video chat line where we are pleased to be joined by the head coach and general manager of the Melville Millionaires, Mike Rooney, which every coach's conversation is presented by Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association. Mike, thank you so much for your time. How's it going today? That's going all right. How about you guys? We're doing great, staying warm and talking hockey. Mike, I guess first and foremost, uh, a tough 3-2 loss to the Estevan Bruins on Friday. What did you make of your team's play Friday night? You know what? We we liked our game. We we came at them with some really good speed early on. And uh, you know what? Much like the other 17 one-goal games we've played in, uh, we fell fell short. We're, we're having a little bit of trouble um, you know, maybe, uh, you know, getting over the hump there a little bit with, with those games. But, you know, uh, five-minute span, they scored their three goals, uh, second period. And, you know, it, it's kind of the regular narrative right now and a little bit frustrating, but we, we are working through it and we're, we're continuing to look at things to, you know, turn those one-goal deficits into one-goal, you know, one-goal wins. So uh, we'll just keep hammering away. Mike, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you know, I, I actually asked you this question when I was uh, there in in, uh, in Melville not too long ago, but I'll ask it uh, for the f fine folks out here. Uh, when you talk about turning things around, the number one thing that teams often need is leadership. And it seems like you guys have that in spades. And an incredible human being in Zach Kane wearing the C. Just talk about, first of all, you know, what he's like off the ice in terms of a leader, but also just how he's been able to be so dynamite and offensively consistent uh, this year, given that he missed so much time you know last what, year. Jamie, you're doing a lot of talking, but I can't hear you. I just hear an echo. <laughs> I, I can't hear you guys. Can, can you hear me, Mike, or no? No, I, Rory, or I, I just hear an echo, kind of some... Voices. How about me, Mike? Sorry. Can you hear me? Jamie, do you want to repeat the I question? I can hear you very you, well. Go you, ahead. Yeah. You can hear me? Okay, I'll ask what I'll ask the question what Jamie was meaning to ask. You know, um, he mentioned that, obviously, during uh, tough situations, you know, you rely on your leadership, and you have lots of leadership when it comes to a player like Zach Kane. What does it mean to have that leadership on your hockey club? Well, it means a lot. You know what? It's kept us very stable. Um you know, and it's, you know, Zach, uh, you know, real good, you know, real good teammate and real good person overall, you know, you know, above the, the hockey. And we've got a number of people like that. And you know what, I, I think it, it speaks well, you, you know, you, you could look from the outside and, and see us maybe in the same, same predicament as, as maybe we were years past, but you know what, we feel we're not, we, we feel we're, we're a better team than what our record indicates um although there is adage to you know you are what your record says you are and but Zach keeps it together um you know what he's still growing and and developing as a leader but um you know a lot of good ingredients so you know what we 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 truly uh you know are fortunate and you know he's one guy that uh arriving here we we seeked out uh people like that to to be part of the Melville Millionaires and uh we're glad to have him hey Mike you got me now do so, Rory. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, you mentioned prior that you're just trying to find a way to get over the hump, right? Uh, what would you kind of like to see in order for the team to try to break through? Because you also mentioned that you believe you're better than what your record says, which I also believe too. So what needs to be done for the Melville Millionaires to try and get over that hump and maybe close out some of these one-goal games? 
Well, you know what? We, you can skim through the data and, you know, right away you, you can look at some different things. Um, you know, it, it, you can look at power play or you can look at, you know, timely goals and different things like that. But it kind of comes down to the same equation for us is just getting a little bit better or maybe quite a bit better right in the guts of the game. Um, you know what? We, we'll possess pucks. We Our, our possession time – any given night is better than any team that we play. Um, you know what? But at some point, you have to take get that puck to the inside, or you have to have results from the puck on the inside. And you know what? We, we're continuing to work on that, and we are getting better. And you know what? That that's probably the the biggest mm-hmm. you know the biggest thing. And with that, I, you know, the power play is going to come a little bit better. I'm I'm a little astonished. I, you know, I won't reveal some numbers, but. You know the goal scoring and shooting percentage on power play for some of our guys is is totally it's it's way different what it is five on five. You th- you'd think we'd have better you know better opportunity power play to have a better scoring percentage and and we don't. So it, it's a little bit you know perplexing a little bit trying to figure some of it out. But um, if we keep doing some of the things that we're doing, playing at pace and and um, you know, possessing pucks and and uh, being solid in our D zone, things are going to turn. Is that just so- shot selection that maybe you're looking at to maybe get those sh- uh, shooting percentages higher on the power play? Uh, just maybe a little more attention to detail. What is a uh, kind of a catalyst to try and drive those numbers up? Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. I, w- I was doing some comparatives here through the weekend of okay, why are you know guys scoring five on five and maybe getting some better opportunities, but, you know, when you look at the, you know, shot location and, and, you know, trying to just look at some, some different aspects and there doesn't seem to be a real direct common link. You know, we, we like our power play. We bring pucks up. We have good entries. Once again, we possess well, um, you know, what we'll, we'll make plays, uh, you know, there'll be times where we, yeah, we miss the net, uh, you know, and that would be one thing we, we have to get our on net stuff better five on five and five on four. But, um, you know, there doesn't seem to be a real direct common link outside of just in the guts of the mm-hmm. game for the most part. Yeah, for sure. I guess one of the things that coaches often do and GMs often do is they, if they're struggling a little bit to find results, they bring people in, and then that's the way it works, you know, for every team in the league, try to make additions. So talk about some of the ones that you made uh, recently. Isaac uh, Suppen was a guy that, you know, you and I talked about how he was a, he had some success, uh, you know, in other leagues before. And, and also Ethan Anstey, a guy that, of course, with Centennial Cup experience, SJHL Finals experience from the Flin Flon Bombers. Talk about some of those uh, recent additions from Melville. Yeah, you know what? Uh, with Isaac, you know he was a guy that um, it was a good addition. We we knew he could add some offense. A very smart player, you know, somewhat cer- cerebral at times. But he, you know, he finds people, but he finds the open ice, and he's got a re- real good scoring touch. So, you know what? A couple games in, he's he's got a couple points, and um, you know what? We we know in the long run he's he's going to help our offense and. Uh, we feel he, you know, he, he has experience as well. Obviously, um, you know, even playing as far back as 17 um, in junior hockey, so he he's got a lot of games under his belt. And and Ethan is a is a guy that you know fits really well with our group. Um, he plays with pace, good speed, um, you know, on pucks, and and you know, kind of a little bit like uh, Nathan Fox, who we 
we got in here, you know, a little bit earlier where where they just drive pace and ha play play a real good responsible game and maybe never had the opportunity to contribute on offense or play in those roles through their junior career. And we're seeing Nathan, uh, you know, he's starting to pop here and he's, he's on a bit of a point streak and don't want to jinx him there, but he, he's doing well. And, and we feel Ethan can be that similar type player. And uh, with his added experience, it certainly is going to, you know, really fit well for us. And we're not a team that makes a lot of, a lot of moves and, and trades. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I don't believe in that, but I, you know what, I, I believe in continuity and loyalty and, and uh, you know what, maybe to a fault where we'll be real loyal and work with guys and, and uh, you know, we want to have a good good dressing room and we just don't bring random guys into our room that we don't think will fit. Exactly what you just mentioned. Are you still looking to add to the Melville Millionaires? Like the key pieces are are clearly there with the amount of talent, Zach Kane, Noah Wills. Uh, but are you still kind of taking a look to maybe add to the Melville Millionaires, seeing where how tight this playoff race is to to get back in? Although you know you're six points out, which isn't really a lot. You can accompl accomplish that ground in a week, right? So, yeah, you, yeah, you can, Rory, and. Um you know what? Yeah, we're we're always in the hunt, so to speak. You're always looking. You're always filtering through things, and and you know you you know I think I said it to somebody last week. It's not like you just wake up on a Tuesday morning and flip a trade on a Wednesday and and you're done. And uh, you know they they sometimes go quite a bit longer than that, and it's a little bit more difficult. But yeah, we want to improve our team every way we can. And once again, we'll. You know what? We're not going to dance with the devil and and have somebody into our room that just for the sake of points or certain qualities that they can help on the ice and maybe they detract you know off the ice for us. So you know we're always in the hunt. I'm sure every team obviously is the same, looking for good people, um, good teammates, and all that. But we're really true to it. And uh, if the right fit and the right person comes along, we're we're certainly going to look to improve our team. Yes. Just last one for me then, Mike. Again, I appreciate your time. Just talk about, uh, you know, your goaltending situation this year. Obviously, you know, in the league we watched a guy like Austin Elliott that, uh, you know, had maybe some strong Western Hockey League ties, but a very young guy take the reins there in Notre Dame. Uh, you know, it seems like it's a kind of a similar situation maybe with you and, and Kelton Pine with, with his connections up there. You know, we just talk about the, the load that a young guy like that has had to carry. Obviously a talented guy, but a load like that and, and you know, how important it is that uh, Clement Labelois can can stay healthy and be in your lineup too yeah you know what it, it it's you know a young guy it, it is hard but you know other other players and other goaltenders have done it and you know you know kelton has had a you know a lion's share of the games but um you know really you know with clem it was he, we came out of the laurent set and uh he split there one and one and and uh kelton played very well in flin flan he uh, probably the most um, most shots we we've given up on a you know combined two game basis and even on a game to game and um, so so he did play quite well for us up there uh, coming out of that about the first practice back uh, Clem had a little little hand injury that took him out for a number of weeks so we had to give uh, give the ball to Kelton and we were quite comfortable with that but really the lopsidedness in our in our minutes is is really based on the fact that. Um, you know, Clem got nicked up, and it's not something that's going to be a chronic injury. And he played the other night, and uh, he'll play through what he has. And it's really not an impact at all. It, um, 
you, you know, it would probably hurt me more in my daily life as far as what it does for him to play goals. So um, it, it's, yeah, he's back and at her and you're going to see a little bit more balance in our goaltending starts. And um, you know what, Clem is a little bit of a secret and we feel real comfortable that he can get us some wins as well. Hey, Mike, uh, we talked about that you can accomplish that ground pretty quickly over the course of the week. Well, look at the week you're about to have. It's Kindersley twice and Nippowin once. Those are two teams also in the same situation in the thick of that playoff race trying to get back into eighth. How much weight do you put on this week and the importance of the schedule for the Melville Millionaires? Well, you know, <laughs> we've been saying that for about three weeks now, so <laughs> it's kind of a lost narrative. If I go in the room now, they just look at me like I, you know, I'm telling the same story, but um, it, it's such a swing in the games. And even, when, like I say, we went in our four and five and we, we wanted to get a split. We thought we could get a win out of each building and we almost did it. And uh, so we came back with, you know, two out of uh, two points out of the four games. And, you know, we had this big set ahead of us and, and we just, you know what, we just finding, you know, you could say finding ways to lose. And, and you know, it, it's a little bit like a leaky boat. Sometimes you get a hole patched and, and you think you got her covered, you, you got the D zone settled in, and, and then there's a turnover at the offensive end, and then there's, you know, different yeah. things like that. And we were clipping along really good with, you know, our penalty kill was going really well. We great job and uh, one of the tops in the league. And then all of a sudden, leaky boat starts again there. So, <laughs> so it, you know what? It's been a little frustrating. These, these games, though, are uh, they're huge. Um, they could go a long ways, and we can always say there's lots of the season left, but. You, you just have to make hay when it's there and you know not only will we get two points but we'll stick them with another loss in their loss column and that's important too mm -hmm. so I, I guess finally mike what do you expect from the kindersley clippers on wednesday night at home well you know what they they, they seem to be you know a hard-working crew and you know what they're a little bit uh you know same same boat as us they you know they, they've been having their struggles but they're you know they've been a little bit hotter than we have been here lately and um, you know, they seem to kind of go up and down a little bit with their goaltending as well. So, um, yeah, I don't expect them anything less than maybe what we even seen from Estevan. I, I know, uh, you know, Kindersley doesn't, you know, maybe have the same type of scoring depth as some of the other teams. But, you know, you work hard and, you know, they got some pieces there where, where you know what, they're, you know, they're, they're sitting there probably telling the same type of narrative as, as us to stick to it and, and um, you know, keep putting bucks on net and 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 those types of things. And you know, I, they're going to be a tough opponent. And you know, they got an experienced blue line. And you know what? It's going to be a good match. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck uh, this week in your three games. Perfect. Thanks, guys. And have me back once we get crawl back in that playoff spot. Please. You, you <laughs> got it. That is the head coach and general manager of the Melville Millionaires, Mike Rooney. And uh, I mean, Rory, you brought it up. It, it's a, not only a massive week, obviously, for the Melville Millionaires, but even the Kindersley Clippers who are on this stretch as well. Yeah. But like for all these teams, they're all kind of fighting each other this week in the standings. You always, you always ask us at the end of the, of the show, what are you looking forward to this oh, week? Yeah. I, would, I would have said the Melville Millionaires because yeah. those are the games that you know yeah. if you could pick up all three wins right against kindersley kindersley nipwin well we said they're six points out so yeah it's it's, it's right back yeah. in the thick of things they got the pieces man they Mills do and kane and mm -hmm. uh you know peyton costition the goaltenders are good although you know they have a couple good ones so mm -hmm. um 
yeah, I just maybe once that leaky boat gets the holes patched back Love up. Love the it's, analogy. It, it's it's right back to full steam ahead. Well, we talked about it. I think all three of us can agree that this is definitely a much better team than what the record yes. yeah, shows. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what he was saying, another thing about Loki, Loki, uh, boats that are leaking. Yeah. There we <laughs> go. I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, that's why that, we talk hockey, is not that, boats. Is that the more that the boat, you move in a boat that's leaky, the more it's going to sink, the more that momentum is going the wrong way, right? So the Melville Millionaires, mm. as he said, are trying to find ways to win hockey games instead of lose them. And I know from working for a team that, you know, is, is, not, is, is in the playoffs right now, that can change with a bad week, two mm -hmm. weeks, you know, knock on wood. But every game does feel kind of like game seven of yeah. the playoffs the like already. Yeah. Especially when you play against the Yorktons, the Melvilles, the Waverns Huge of games. the world, it, mm -hmm. it feels like playoffs. And if you don't go into those games with that mindset, then you're then, and you heard it from Mike Rooney. I was half expecting him to give you some coach talk, Rory, and say like, you know, all games are important, two points or two points. And he was actually like, no, no, like when we're playing Kindersley, like it is basically the playoffs. <laughs> we're playing Nip when it's basically the playoffs, and he's absolutely, absolutely 100% correct. Yeah, and I mean, it was Bill Parcells, I think, who said. Uh, you are what your record you are, is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's 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 so much in a imperative time in the yep. season. Big where time. These games they matter, man. They they yeah. matter. I know Mike said that. You know, I think we've been saying this for three weeks. So yeah. you know, the players <laughs> listen to me, and, but yeah. but they do. Like they, these are key games this week. So mm -hmm. you don't have to ask me at the end of the show. That's what we I'm don't, looking forward to this week. Uh, this has been boat talk though <laughs> on SJHL <laughs> Weekly. Oh, yeah. uh, we do have some important business though to get to before SJHL Weekly wraps up, and that is players of the week. Uh, let's start with SGU MVP of the week. We talked about how busy the Flin Flon Bombers were and Cole Dupro, four goals, four assists. I mean, Rory, you saw him yesterday, a, a hat trick and an assist. Talk about his performance yesterday and just a great week for him. Uh, he had a touch on every single goal. There so, you go. So uh, it's pretty good performance, <laughs> right, when you pull out a 4-1 victory. But we talked about uh, his shot, and that, that's the best part of his game. Yeah. He, when he gets it off, uh, it's one of the best in the league. And power play goal, a shorthanded goal. He's on the ice in all situations and then picked up the hat trick uh, in the empty net. And great to see the Flin Flon Bombers travel down uh, some of their fans. I'm not sure if they were from Flin Flon or from where the kids on the Bombers are from mm -hmm. coming to Humboldt, but there was about five or six hats being thrown onto the there ice when go. Cole Dupro scored his hat trick, so I just love to see that too. 16 goals, 15 assists on the season, fifth in SJHL scoring, so congratulations to Cole Dupro, SGU MVP of the week. Southtel goalie of the week. Uh, no surprise here, I don't think. Uh, Josh Cote in, in battle for I mean, Nugsy, you were talking about it earlier. Um, over 100 saves <laughs> in two games. Mm -hmm. It's surreal, but an unbelievable performance by Josh. Yeah, and beggar's belief, like, what he's doing this year. Like, honestly, he's been absolutely remarkable. Yes, mm -hmm. he's got a good team ahead of him. But, Rory, you know, you know, those rinks, those neutral site rinks, those small rinks, we talk about it with LaRange, right? Like, mm -hmm. shots coming at you quick mm -hmm. from every angle. Every shot is a scoring chance in those barns. And, uh, you know, he, he's quick. He never quits. He's a great competitor. He seems like a real character based on what we see on social media, too. He's really, uh, he's really fun on social media, too. So, yeah, he's great for this league. And, and, you know, the stats speak for themselves. You give up five goals officially on 114 shots. <laughs> it's pretty good. He could have been the MVP. He could have been the MVP goalie. He could have been the MVP. We'll say this. Yep. Uh, he was the MVP of the week going into yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And then Cole Dupro decided mm -hmm. to get three goals. <laughs> yeah. Behind the curtain. Sunday there, games. 
matter, Nugsy. They yeah, sure do. Like, yes. Well, I'm the, I'm the Notre Dame broadcaster. You don't have to tell me that. <laughs> I've been arguing this for years. Sunday games matter, folks. Sunday is a day of the week for yeah. sure. But yes, congratulations to Josh Cote, Sastel Goalie of the Week. Direct West Rookie of the Week, uh, Jacob Leegee of the uh, Notre Dame Hounds. Nugsy, I mean, you see him uh, every game. What would you make of his week? Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I'm not surprised that Jacob Leegee is starting to really contribute offensively. His line with Matthew Fair and Antoine St. Ange looked outstanding against Yorkton. And as I said, he's always got the speed. He's always had the skill. It's just about matching it with just enough grit and just enough understanding of where to go on the ice to, to generate offense at the junior level versus the U18 level where he was a, a star in U18 hockey in Michigan, which was a great place to play uh, minor hockey. Uh, he's a talented, talented kid with a great family. He's a great young man as well. So I'm very happy for him, and it's very well-deserved after a four-point week. And congratulations to Jacob. And finally, Defenseman of the Week. There was lots of uh, great performances this week by defensemen, but we ended up going with Parker Layton of the LaRange Ice Wolves, a golden assist. I mean, it was a great weekend for, obviously, LaRange, yes. but um, we're seeing contributions from everybody in their lineup, and, and Layton had a goal and an assist this week. That's the biggest thing, and Nugsy hinted at it earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. It's a sneaky good blue line are, that we yes. don't talk about mm -hmm. enough, right? Yes. And uh, Parker Layton, just one of the cogs. Connor Abrick, another one, and six wins in a row. We, we talked about, what is this, two weeks ago now? About mm -hmm. maybe three weeks ago. But how important this homestand would be for LeBron. Yes. Well, they've won every single game. Couldn't do better. Yeah, yeah. yeah they did not lose a game. <laughs> yes. No, they, no, they so did Parker not. Parker Layton, yeah, just, just one of the key mm -hmm. uh, members of a defense core that I think people underrate when they play against LeBron. Yeah. 100% for sure. So in recap, players of the week, SGU MVP of the week, Cole Dupro with four goals, four assists. Sastel goalie of the week, Josh Cote with uh, two wins, a 2.45 goals against average, a 956 save percentage. And I think most importantly, what we talked about 109 <laughs> saves in two games uh direct west rookie of the week is jacob Leegee of the notre dame hounds with four assists and then defenseman of the week is parker layton of the larange ice wolves with a goal and an assist before we go let's take a look at the next couple of nights here in the saskatchewan junior hockey league we got a couple of uh, midweek games uh we talked about kindersley kindersley they have a busy 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 week I don't know if I've ever seen a stretch like this in junior hockey. Five games, six days, and it all starts tomorrow uh, night. Big one, Kindersley versus Yorkton. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other game is Weyburn against Notre Dame. We've heard rumblings that maybe the game might not happen. To be determined. And then Wednesday, we have two more games on tap. Kindersley, of course, in Melville to take on the Millionaires. And the LaRange Ice Wolves mm -hmm. kick off three games in three nights against the Humboldt Broncos. I mean, I won't... Rory, I won't ask you about what you want to, what you're looking yeah. at this week. I'll ask you about that game on Wednesday between Humboldt and LaRange. I'm glad you did, because that is a key game. I it think is. you have two teams going in two different directions right now. We mentioned Humboldt's in a slump. Mm -hmm. Humboldt's in a slump right now, and LaRange is rolling. Now they're finally going to leave the Mel Hagland Arena. This is the third out of four straight home games for the Humboldt Broncos. Mm -hmm. they got to pick up some points right now. Um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, Battleford's twice, Estevan twice, Melfort, Flinflon, now LaRange. Those are seven of their eight last opponents. Yeah. And you're, Hasn't measuring, been easy. you're measuring yourself against the best teams in the league. Humboldt is considered one of the best teams in the league. Mm -hmm. But so far, they've kind of come up short in this last little stretch. So it's another game against LaRange. They'll have one more home game, and then they're down south back against Weyburn. But mm -hmm. I, I, this, this is a measuring stick game for both teams, I think. Yeah. Can you talk about a measuring stick game, too? I mean, yes, LaRange has been great. But yes, we mentioned they've played at home a lot. Yes. Not just this stretch, but this whole year, Rory. Like yeah. they've they played a is, lot of home. This games, is yeah. gonna be their eighth 
like game where the other team is the home game. So I'm Road taking game? away. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm taking away the showcase game. Oh, okay. Because the showcase, oh, okay. the showcase right. everybody's in the same boat. So they officially they've played eight. LaRange has officially played eight uh, away games. So seven of them where the other team is the home team. Yeah. That's my point. Gotcha. There you so go. There you go. But my point in saying that is, is that over those eight games, LaRange is 500 and with a minus 10 goal difference. So I'm okay. not saying LaRange is a bad road team. I'm not saying that. So don't take that the wrong way or that way, anybody in LaRange. I'm just saying LaRange hasn't proven the same things on the road that they have in the Mel Hagland Uniplex. And it'll be very interesting to see what they look like up in the EPA. Now, they've got the character and the talent to do it, you'd think. should be very interesting. And Braden Malsbury, a brand-new broadcaster for them. And uh, as of right now, we don't know if those games are going to be played at the ACC in North Battleford just yet. They haven't made an announcement. The rink was supposed to be closed for a week, but obviously things could get turned around. So stay tuned to the Battleford North Stars uh, social media to find out where those games... So get ready. Wilkie! Wilkie! Battleford, who knows? The home of of Weyburn broadcaster Nick Nielsen. That's right. Yes. He's so proud of it. He is. Uh, Jamie, I'll ask you, though, this. What are you looking forward to this week? And what are you keeping your eye out on? Yeah, I mean, again, we, we talked about uh, we talked about Kinders, we talked about Melville. Like, what are they? Are mm-hmm. they? You know, which direction are they heading? You know, both sure. teams so similar to me this year mm-hmm. that they have not played poorly. I think if we had Ken Plaquin on the, the show, which we should do very soon, mm-hmm. uh, hit us up, Ken. Is that they've not played bad? <laughs> like, they've been right in a lot yeah. of games, and they just haven't gotten the bounces. And there've been a leaky boat here, and a leaky boat, and an injury here, and injury there. So similar between Melville and Kindersley, and then they're facing each other. So it's a chance to prove, you know, what type of team are we when they face each other. And again, that Wednesday night game, if you're in the Melville area, you know, get out there because it's going to have a playoff mentality because it's two teams that want to prove what they are and who they are, more to themselves even than to all of us. And I'm going to go throw a little bit of a wrinkle into that Kindersley-Melville situation. Because Kindersley also plays two games against Yorkton this week, too. Mm-hmm. And Yorkton plays three games this week, too. Those three teams, I think, this week, it's crucial for all three of them yeah. if they want to have high hopes of getting back in the playoffs. Because, like I mentioned, Yorkton plays two games at home against the Kindersley Clippers, and then I do believe they're in Humboldt on Saturday. Yeah. F- five games in six days is absolutely insane scheduling-making. Unreal. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, day off. But good Friday, luck. It'll Saturday, be fun. Sunday. It'll, be a, it'll well, be a, a strong adventure for the Clippers to navigate through that, especially by the tail end of it. It's an adventure, too, for LaRange. I mean, they have Humboldt, Battlefords, Battlefords in three days Yeah. yeah also. So I joked with Mike Reagan, are you trying to kill your kids? Kevin Kaminsky. I'm joking again. Are you trying to kill your kids? Mike, uh, Kevin Kaminsky there up in LaRange? That'll be a, quite an interesting... Uh, are, are the LaRange ice wolves as good as we're all who raving about? We'll find out this week as well. Flynn Flon had three points out of six against the North Stars and Broncos in the exact same situation, except for first. It was Battleford's Battleford's Humboldt. Mm-hmm. LaRange is about to go through it. We'll see how LaRange does. But yes, lots of important games this week across the SJHL, and that's just during the week, and then we get on, obviously, into the weekend, and there's some important matchups for sure. We have to thank our sponsors once again for the unbelievable support for SGHL Weekly because if without them, this show would not be possible. Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, who presents each and every coach's conversation. Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. Thank you so much for your support. And of course, if you want to stay up to date with everything in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, be sure to 
go to sjhl.ca and follow us across all of our social medias. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Highlights, features, uh, our shows, our shows, of course, are on the YouTube channel as well. So make sure you are up to date at all of our uh, social medias. And also FIFA World Cup Team Canada, this guy. Yes, this Wednesday, guy right this guy. Wednesday. Get the at, update in, uh, quick. Wednesday at 1 p.m., Canada will play Belgium. Watch it. Are you going to be that live tweeting? No, no, I will be sitting there like this. Oh, okay, all right. Good thing the show's not on, on Wednesday. Because I will not be there. There you go. Uh, so be sure to follow us. I didn't us. say that. Did so I? be sure to follow us across all of our social media. It's going to be another busy week in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. For Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugabauer, my name is Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another great edition of SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms.